Okay, so we're okay. talking about, we're diving right in. <laughs> Two weeks from Showtime's premiere of the new season of Twin Peaks, I was just saying that um, as a super fan, you're kind of in a unique place where you feel like the chances of you having your expectations lived up to are far less than the chances of you're being disappointed. Yes. And I was saying that the show really wasn't in a lot of ways that great to begin with, so it's not going to take that much to really... Well, at least certain parts, like when you get to the middle of season two, it's not that great. But you like it because you love the characters. Right. And it's just, I don't know, it can acquire... Like, is it the nostalgia factor or is it a true love of an actually good TV show? And that's one of the questions that early on... Not nostalgia because I've... We've only watched it in our adult lives, so it's not right. like That's true. that much. Mm. This Especially is... for Tom and Melissa. <laughs> right. Well, and it's like, if you keep your expectations low, you're always pleasantly right. surprised. As mm. opposed to having high hopes. Right. So, this is Laura Palmer is Dead, a Twin Peaks <laughs> podcast. We're talking about episode 212, The Black Widow, and 213, Checkmate. I remembered the name of the second episode we watched. <laughs> Boom. Um, yes. So it's, it's a weird combination of emotions because we're, I just, this morning I saw the teaser trailer for the new season, watched some interviews about the new season, and then watched one of the worst episodes of Twin Peaks and actually an episode that was pleasantly better than I remembered. So, um. Yeah, because uh, that's when they close out the Renault. Yeah. The Renault story, so... With a bang. Yeah. Oh, nice. (laughs) I was having trouble in my mind's eye picturing all of the Renault brothers. I feel like I can... my sweet list. (laughs) The one that died, like, in the Bookhouse Boys, then you had Jacques. Right. It's the first one I have trouble remembering. The first one they only show once, and then you see him in a body bag that Leo... Leo, Oh, that's the smiling bag. He has... um, Is it? No, it's not the smiling bag. Oh, no. Leo, like, throws this body bag in the river. Okay. No, the cops never even find uh, the original Renault. Whatever his name is. He had a tie Bernard. around his neck. Right. Yeah. It's like one had a bolo tie, one had a bow tie, and the other one had is a, like, unmemorable. Had a bandana wrapped around, so he looked very French at yep. the time, so, so that you know Renault yeah. was French. See, and to go back to your point earlier, I think what I'm starting to see is the big question on my Twin Peaks journey is, can a show still be interesting you have strong characters and a strong setting, but you no longer have a plot or <laughs> arc or form or really a direction. And so that's where I'm torn because it is kind of as though if, you know, like Twin Peaks in the afterlife, it's like the story ended and we have these characters in right. this kind of like perpetual denouement and they're great characters still and it's a great setting, but... Like, there's no plot. We don't care. Especially where, like, I'm watching it for the first time in an age where you have so many, like, murder mystery shows out there. Right. Where it's, like, where you have, like, The Fall. And you have, like, those shows where it's, like, a little mini-series where it ends with whatever happens to the plot line. As opposed to this, where it ends and then, oh, hey, guys, we're still around. Right. Like... (laughs) Cooper's going to look at some property, like, we're just continuing. Yeah, and it's a realistic continuation, and I'm buying the things that the characters (laughs) are doing. Like, there's nothing that any of them are doing that I'm thinking, oh, Cooper wouldn't do that. And there's still these great moments, but they're not tied to anything, and it makes it hard to follow along. I feel like they should focus a little more that Lucy's pregnant. That's, oh, yeah, that's true. She like that hasn't been a thing at all. No, it's just like, hey, I'm still in this baggy sweater. You don't know if I'm pregnant or not because it's the '90s, and so I'm just wearing this baggy sweater. Yeah, but I'm not gonna talk about my pregnancy. Where again, it could be at the time difference. Nowadays, everyone <laughs> might 
fetus is an eggplant shape now. <laughs> Everybody knows what stage of yeah. fruit development. And Maybe I'm she just, she just that. respects <laughs> everyone. She knows that everyone doesn't want to hear about she, her I don't know. baby. No, she I does wear overly large that. cardigans that are longer <laughs> than the other women. But I feel like they set her up with those right from the start. Yeah, like, even did. before her <clears throat> pregnancy, poor woman mm-hmm. has these long, baggy cardigans. She doesn't get a good uh, wardrobe. No. 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 Yeah. She's not using his employee discount to help her out. <laughs> Still not. No, and Still that's not. really that was not part of the cool. deal, too. Wasn't yeah. it? I know. <laughs> it was like 40% off. Right. Not even like that great. And yet he's getting I mean, little Nikki matching outfits, but Lucy can't even get a deal. <laughs> yeah, little Nikki yeah. gets a matching outfit. Little Nikki. My question for little Nikki was, why can't you be more like Cream Corn Boy? <laughs> my, my general problem he's, with little Nikki is that he's not creepy enough. He's not scary at all. They, right. They set it up so like, oh, um, Shannon, what's her name? Molly oh, God. Shannon. Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon, but her real character's name I could not begin to tell you. I just put Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon Nikki's comes case in. Worker. It doesn't like, matter. Ooh. Yeah. He's, his parents died mysteriously. Yes. No one knows. So it's like, oh, probably dead by little Nikki. But he's not creepy enough. No, no, he's not. He's very cute. And and he's even a ginger. And I hate to say this, I'm going to alienate probably a large percentage of our audience. Where I find ginger women very beautiful <laughs> and alluring, ginger men, I, I... <laughs> They mystify me in a not positive way. So I have a Facebook friend who has a child that's a ginger and looks like Chucky, basically. Like, every picture, like, I've pulled it up on work, and I'm just like, this kid looks like the devil, right? Like, he would maybe stab you in the sleep. And everyone agrees. Everyone agrees. The woman would not be listening to this podcast. And that's that's what Dick Tremaine (laughs) says he believes of a little Nikki. And I do... As much as that plot line is very silly, it is kind of funny that, like, Dick is totally in cahoots with Andy and neither of them are paying any attention to Lucy. And Dick says that he thinks little Nikki is a devil. Ooh, and I made a connection <laughs> this viewing that is Which... a silly connection, but but nonetheless. They talk about little Nikki and say he suffers from, as Molly Shannon says, persistent random misfortune. You know who else has persistent random misfortune and is a ginger? The Black Widow. The oh. Widow Milford. For oh. whom the title of the episode, The Black oh. Widow. So I was like, and it, I, I only that. put that together because the scenes were right next to each other where Molly Shannon said that about little Nikki. And then Dwayne, or Dougie dies. And Dougie dies. the Widow Milford is talking to Hawk. Who's doing some real policing. Slash flirt. Oh, there's yeah. one thing that will distract Shipping. Hawk. It's the Widow Milford. <laughs> oh, man. He loves... And I'm and like... All t- the men do. They're all, they like... all do. Mystified by her. Yep. She's supposed to be either, like... Tongues dropped. Mystically enabled to attract the men this way. Or yeah. she's just, like, supposed to be, like, the hottest thing in the world. And <laughs> right. To, like, you know, in, the, in this she's cast... Beautiful. You'd have to be, like... From outer space right. to be like a super standout babe. Yeah, like beauty starts to lose its meaning with these women. Like they're all so beautiful that you're like, Andy, come on, you're acting like you haven't seen a woman this beautiful seven times today by just going to the double R diner and coming back here. It's so weird how a small town in America could have so many like gorgeous women. It's almost like it's really more of a studio in LA. <laughs> Full of actresses. Yes. Well, yeah. and I said the actress that plays the widow also did a fine movie called Teen Witch, <laughs> where she plays a you know nerdy girl that turns finds a out teen she's, witch. She finds out she's a witch what? and then becomes wishes she was super popular by so, performing a spell. While we're on the ginger does. subject, I didn't really like so many gingers. <laughs> so maybe the kid just did a bad job, but like he's supposed to be like trying to like make the car collapse when he's turning the wheel, and then. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Okay, so... Who knows? I I put a couple notes, like, is Nikki supposed to have mind powers? 
Yeah, like then the car just falls and and Dick blames the kid for no particular reason. But really, like, and then the car like falls, and then he's Dick's like, oh. I think why Dick was so like anti this kid all of a sudden. He was, and like then weirdly was protective of the kid. Here's the thing that makes (laughs) it fun: it doesn't matter. Like (laughs) none of these plot lines Mm -hmm. matter. It was actually kind of a fun exercise today as I was like looking at the teaser trailer and YouTube clips and stuff. I like to pre-check things out to make sure that Tom and Melissa can watch them. And what I discovered is they can watch anything now. Like David Lynch likes to pretend this period of episodes never happened. Oh, it's the gas leak season. Okay. <laughs> right. I got it. Gas leak. And so well, like until towards the end though. Yeah, towards the, towards the end we, we get back on track and they bring him back in and we're like, whoop, we're gonna go right back <laughs> to the road. But like this big long detour is just like a fun character meandering, like choose your own adventure. Where you <laughs> yeah. can just be like, what if Little Nikki and Dick Tremaine had a flat tire and matching outfits. <laughs> like, let's it is a cheese cut drum. to that. <laughs> yeah, Snake and Nadine. Uh, I mean, that's a oh, now that's a real couple that yeah, I like really care about. That's a better lot. Like, Mike, let's go to that. Mike Nelson and Mike Nadine. and Nadine. Because I think Dick needs to like end his. Yeah, I have, I have way too many notes about dick. Like, why do I care so much? A lot of dick <laughs> Oh my god, does Nikki have mind powers? Like, I have so many notes about Nikki, why do I care? You shouldn't. <laughs> Matching know. outfits, everything about the two of them. But more importantly, Snake and Nadine, the world's cutest. Just yeah. adorable couple. Like, I mean, talk about shipping. She just does not hear his... I'm shipping them. His protests. His, his protests to get away from That's a real ship him, for me. But uh, she, all she hears is like, stop, like, you know, uh, strangling my neck. And she's like, oh, we can neck. Yeah. Sure, we could go necking. I love the coach. <laughs> the coach's motivational, ill-researched speech where he's like, this one coach once... Tried to help this one black player. I can't remember either of their names, but the team didn't want the black player to play. And, like, he just goes through this whole motivational Such speech. Such He doesn't know a single name or date, and everyone's scratching their heads. And then he's like, which is why we're going to use this girl, Nadine, to help us win the championships. And she takes on Mike Nelson. Crushes and does him. the helicopter with him. <laughs> does a Nadine patented move. Which I feel like even in the '90s, again, I probably said couldn't it before, do it. <laughs> probably a 35-year-old, even though they were still in high school, probably couldn't compete in high school sports. If there's any like wrestling promoters out there, it'd be really cool to do a Twin Peaks themed wrestling night where oh my god, you know, like pro wrestling, obviously. Uh, yes. You know, oh, yeah. Some helicopters. I would. I would pay good money to see that. <laughs> yes. Well, I think this town takes its mental health very seriously, and if there's one thing that they will commit to, it's like regression therapy or (laughs) role-playing therapy, because while we have everybody at the high school super committed to Nadine being a 16-year-old, we have everybody at the Great Northern 100% committed to Ben being a Confederate general. Yes. He's General Lee, I believe. I guess, yes. He's General Lee. Nothing but the best for Ben. (laughs) Which is, it's interesting. Ben goes in and out of kind of consciousness. And he said some interesting things at the beginning of the episode. I don't ever want to get into politics, but we live in the year we live in. And this is a quote from Benjamin Horn. He said, "Um, you look at a tall building and what's the question that you think you think what's on top who's up there in the penthouse and why and that's what i am and like that really when i heard that quote gave me a little bit of chills i'm not going to make the connection for you listeners but i was like wow okay that's a really so ben is still sharp enough to make statements like that right at that point he's still he's not general lee yet he's like 
Build, he he's doing the feng shui because he's doing thing. the feng shui. Yeah. He's got he starts with the Gettysburg like mini model, right? And he's right, like using right. the accent. And if you watch, kind of his like clothing generally degrades more and more and more into costume. Where at first it's like <laughs> a jacket with like a scarf, and then it's kind of like the full gray, and then Which, it's like the cap. By by the way, where does he get all the Confederate? Same place figure? Catherine does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's got a little bastard disguise kit too, obviously. No one's using the two peaks, though. Doesn't leave his eyes. A little bit of sweating. I'll get that right off. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's so so everybody in town is like, whoa, someone's having a delusion. We better fully commit to that and 100% go with it. But I do like to see this, this new kind of like Audrey holding down the fort, full business. Only in business suits. She is only in business attire. She does not go to high school anymore. No. Done with high school. Done with high school. Full business attire. Kind of ordering Bobby around, but in a way where he doesn't quite know yet that he's right. being ordered around. She's not the smartest. It's not the sharpest tool. Right. So, I mean, and it seems like she kind of left her dad alone and then finally went in there and was like, oh, you've turned your whole like, office. Oh, shit. Which like, gets, yeah, right. And then he's like, yeah. she's like, you know who we need to call? Uncle Jerry. Like, Jerry needs yeah. to get back here. Yeah. Sam. Yeah. Someone needs to pull you in. Jerry and then Jacoby in yes. that order. <laughs> Which, for those of you who have been keeping score in the musical theater world, we remember <laughs> that Benjamin Horn was Tony in West Side Story and Jacoby was Riff in West Side Story. So we can imagine the kind of joy that one would get from a scene between the two of them together that may or may not happen next week. So <laughs> there's a reason to watch. Riff was also a Jet, I take it? Yes, okay. Jet best friends. Huh. Ben and Jacoby. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like all coming so together. I'm not snapping in Twin Peaks. That's what I'm missing. <laughs> Tell me about it, stud. Um, speaking of studs, Bobby. It work really well. <laughs> Bobby getting a job. Bobby's getting a job. His suit's a little bit better. Did he get a new suit? It seems like he did. It doesn't seem like it's Leo's. Like, it fits him. (laughs) The tie's a little bit better. They don't explain that. He just happens to have it with no money. He gets this new suit. But he's still totally cluelessly, (laughs) I think, believing that he's going to get some from Audrey. And he is not. As she clearly spells out for him where she says, you know what I think... I think we should do business together. The emphasis on business in a non-sexy way I put to you. I do not think there was ever intention on Audrey's side to be with Bobby. Dana Ashbrook sees it differently. (laughs) He played Bobby. He has said in interviews that he thought they were going to cook something up with the two of them. I disagree. Well, he wanted it. I know. (laughs) He was tired of having his romantic scenes over a quadriplegics. Yes. He's like, this is really turning me off. I've actually thought about that. Like, that must be really weird for all involved. And like, I had to point out like, like this, this episode, it got into like a new territory with Leo, uh, Quad Leo. Leo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, it was like offensive. But then, of course, at the end, he's standing up. So, I don't know if he was... You guys have done a pretty you good job of... You predicted that, hit that from you. <laughs> yeah, you did, I didn't know... <laughs> pretty good, Tom. You hit that spoiler <laughs> from me, so good job on that one. <laughs> I'm saying, he's Frankenstein. Really, really good job, Pat, because yeah. Pat is the leader. Hey, hey. <laughs> we both deserve some kudos I, for that. There's a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> we were holding it. Oh, speaking of spoilers, <laughs> I called out... Pat had been calling Lana Budding Milford the Widow Milford since last week, which if you've been keeping score, which I know you have, she was not widowed until this week. But luckily... Oh, well. (laughs) These are the... But those are the types of spoilers that are like just, you can't even help it. It's just like you're... Yeah. People are like, who's Milford? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Oh, goodness. And then they killed him off. (laughs) They sure did. For no reason. We'll get a lot more of the mayor Milford, though, let me tell Uh, you. Which I wish we wouldn't. I wish we wouldn't. I think the other thing about... It really like they, this is like the oldest like cast out of any show I've seen it's in a true. long time. Uh, especially of the men. You didn't know uh, David Lynch loves old people. 
Yeah, I guess I didn't... He loves them. In Lost Highway, like, the evil guys kind he of... He does. Old, David Lynch thinks old people are creepy, and he's not afraid to use them. I mean, yeah. they are. If you've seen his, <laughs> his Louie episode, even, he, like, utilizes mm-hmm. creepy old person. He's phenomenal. It's true. <laughs> and he, like, totally, totally gets it. Well, I will say, and I was saying this when we were watching, like... Even though the majority of these scenes can be a little silly, some of my favorite scenes happen in these episodes. And one of my, like, I'll put it up there with top five ever scenes is Denise Bryson, Audrey Horn, and Cooper. And so, like, there's so many scenes about, so many reasons this scene is great. Cooper comes in to see, or sorry, Audrey, Audrey comes in to see Cooper for whatever bullshit she steals, reason she makes up. Well, she no, she steals the photos. Oh, there we go. So yeah, from... I'm only reading like shipping subtext, like kiss her. I don't even know what she's well, saying anymore. The, the reason she comes in <laughs> saves him from getting. That's uh, right. She sees the kicked off the FBI. So right, she uh, wants to save him. It is a good. It's true. She does I'm help. just seeing she sexual tension out, and like though. not paying attention to right. plot anymore. Because <laughs> Bobby's taking pictures of Hank because yep. Horn thinks that Hank is doing something evil, which he is. <laughs> Oh, and, right, yes. The whole and, drug thing. Yeah, and then Audrey's like, look, I sold this. Maybe you should look at it. He's like, what's in Which it? Which also, much like, <laughs> other than Hawk, Audrey has done more real detective work <laughs> for both of these cases than anyone else. Like, with the Laura Palmer murder, she was like, here's this. And Coop's like, well, that was a gimme. <laughs> and then this time, too, she does something. He's like, well, thank God for that, but, like, yeah. won't admit it. You just saved my job. <laughs> right. Thanks, Audrey. He's like, oh, you're still so young. <laughs> but you're like, no, Coop. She's doing the real work. What are you doing? You, like, sketched out a dream. You threw rocks at something. <laughs> like, so she, she, you know, she comes to tell Cooper this. <laughs> and she's, like, sitting with Cooper seductively. And Denise comes in. And at first, you're not sure. You see Audrey kind of registering some sort of reaction from Denise. And you don't know what that reaction is. And it's, at first, kind of this jealousy because she's... And again, it shows us that she's not worldly. She's a small-town girl, and she thinks Denise is a woman. And then this whole scene happens, and Audrey goes, they have women special agents? And you realize that what you've been seeing from her is that Denise is her new hero. And it's, like, the most lovely thing. So cute that Audrey has, like her dream of becoming an FBI agent has more to do with that than Cooper almost. Like, you start to see yeah. that, like, oh, Audrey really wants to be an FBI agent, and that has become the thing for her, maybe even a little bit more than her crush on Cooper. And then you have this double bonus adorableness of Denise, like, imitating her, mm-hmm. like, sensuality and her natural girlishness. Uh-huh. And, like, even bringing that into the next episode when Denise comes in as the waitress and sort of does the same, like, little hip-hop <laughs> bevel. And then... Fools uh, Jean Renault. Right. And the Mountie. As if it weren't, like, already the sweetest, cutest scene in the world. When Audrey leaves, Denise says something to the effect of, like, that girl was really hot. And Cooper's like, I don't think you were interested in women anymore. And... <laughs> and no, he says... How old is that girl? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Just like... Audrey does kiss Cooper. Right, like, right. In excitement. Yes. <laughs> Good guy. I'm just how like, I'm going to be an FBI agent, and I love you. old... Because, like, he's <laughs> witnessing this, and was like, how old is that girl? Yeah, but then he followed it up by saying, like, I'm not dead yet, or something. Right, know, he says, I wear a I may be wearing a dress, but I still pull my panties on one leg at a time. If you know what I mean. Yes. And then Coop says, not really. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like a big, wonderful cloud of tolerance and and perfectness in that scene. And I just really, and quirkiness. And like, to me, that's one of the great things about like Twin Peaks is like, just these quirky characters being put together. And with these three, especially like the most positive things about all three of them, like they're really positive characters. With these weird episodes... It's like you kind of crave Cooper. Mm-hmm. Like you crave that kind of, you crave that storyline more than yes. anything else. Like I don't care that Shelly's been dealing with Leo and is upset with Bobby. I don't, I don't care. I don't care that James is. <laughs> right. Is, oh, James. <laughs> James is having 
his episodes. <laughs> I know. It's like, I know These we have to James talk about it, but I don't even want to. Know, but before so we hard. leave your thought and go to James Land, I do want to say, like, I feel like Cooper is really our north and our center. And he is kind of what brings us back to any sort of semblance of a plot or a direction. I mean, if there is an A plot, he's involved with it. Right. Yeah, even his A-plot isn't great in No, these. I mean, there's <laughs> touches of Wyndham Earl, and towards yeah. the end of the of 2.13, Checkmate, they wrap up in a pretty cool way with, like, some potential for this chess game heating up. But even, <laughs> even so, they don't pull it through enough. Like, it's not enough. If you were yeah. going to say, what's the story of these two episodes, you'd be like, I don't know, bullshit, and, like, well, Nadine, and there's I a car, and, like... I consider it the John Renault episode. Like, he's yeah, the main that's bad a good guy point. for the, the four episodes after uh, Leland dies. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. And the, the and drug the, deal with John Renault. Yeah. Yeah, it gets weirdly druggy, which, I don't know. It's not as powerful as, like, you go from, like, the murder of a young girl to, like, a drug deal. there's some cocaine. It's more quirky, like, these episodes you'll like because they're quirky, not because they're good. Right. But then they'll have little punches of really, really good. Like, another punch of really good, the Briggs is. So as much as, like... Dana Ashbrook, and I'm sorry, he seems like the nicest guy, and again, watched a YouTube clip of him and made Genamic in an interview, and he seems delightful, so I hate to say things like, your acting makes my stomach roll sometimes. Bobby, right? (laughs) Right, yeah. But, like, whenever he's with the Briggs parents, it's like he elevates things, because, like, all of those family scenes with the Briggs are good, and the scene Mm. with Betty and... Bobby when When he comes comes home and she's just like sitting there by herself in the dark and they like talk about her husband and she says that very sweet thing about like sometimes he brushes my hair out of my face and he doesn't think uh, it's just like really really touching little intimate family moments and then Garland comes back (laughs) in a yeah, like 1920s Amelia Earhart pilot <laughs> yeah. outfit. But, you know, cool. He still looks good. Even though when he left Coop, he was like in hunting or like yeah. camping yeah. gear. And like, <laughs> it doesn't really... There's definitely something behind that because they like, you know, it's not like right. a mistake that they dressed him in that no. outfit. And then he comes back and he's like, how long have I been gone? Right. I've been piloting this. Right. Uh, and she craft. says two days. <laughs> but one of my favorite quotes of his is has... Bobby, I'd like you to put out that cigarette. And Bobby immediately does. He doesn't smart Alec at all. And then he goes, then I'd like you to fix me a cocktail, a strong one if you don't mind. Very And I'm strong. just like, oh, Garland. And that, that their family is just very interesting and dynamic and cool. Because out because lightning struck and his father appeared in his Amelia Earhart. <laughs> <laughs> and those boots were like lace up in the back. Like I didn't know a lot of stuff was good. going was on with, those, with that outfit. And like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I know where they're trying to go in a weird X Filesy way. It's there. Really He's been to another feeling place. like it could cross over with his ex. In fact, at mm-hmm. one point, because we were trying really hard to not talk as much, I wrote <laughs> a note to Pat that just Thanks. said X Files, as you can see up here at the top oh, of my page. Because no, it really he, felt like the X-Files. when he was sitting in a stone chair, I was like, or is he in a canoe? I don't know. Right. Same thing. Are you actually with the Scullies right now? Major like, Briggs in quotations? Right. Oh, you have this UFO. I have X-Files crossover? Yeah. <laughs> I like to think, as that I said, that... unofficially watching because they believe. They're totally <laughs> combined. in a different time and different it's place. It's completely combined. Scully's dad. Did you guys notice I'm wearing the same color pattern that Ernie was in this? Oh my god, you totally are. <laughs> By accident, obviously. Okay, Ernie is great. I think Ernie was really funny in this episode, or these two episodes. Don't I you find think? him hilarious. He's like a Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> kind of I like. I find him very annoying. <laughs> he's annoying, but I was like, he's kind of funny because like, it doesn't take much to open him up, and it, he's I mean, like. I was doing a deal. He tortured me. I couldn't stop myself. Like, it's just... I had to protect my family. <laughs> yeah. 
I was tortured, I, I swear, no I swear. I got no respect. <laughs> he is like Rodney Dangerfield. It's That's true. why I like him. I know, <laughs> I knew you. And like, <laughs> Denise has to be like the Ernie Wrangler and keep him in line, it's they keep, great. Yeah, they keep saying, shut up, Ernie. <laughs> yeah. We just want to know how much cocaine Jean, or Jean Renault has. <laughs> it does show the power of Coop's amazingness that like, Denise came to investigate Coop and is now like working illegally yeah. doing whatever is necessary to like get Coop off the hook. Like everybody yeah. loves Cooper. Yeah. Just That's like true. everybody loved Laura Palmer. <laughs> and we all know what happened to her. Uh, well, we all know that Coop's <laughs> in this new season, so he's not yeah, dead. He is in this new season. <laughs> That's the nice thing about the new season, is like really you guys are pretty much okay to watch all the trailers and interviews some and dead characters are in every episode according to yeah they do tend to just ignore certain deaths yeah. so it doesn't even matter we'll see what happens <laughs> and going back to this ernie I have <laughs> yeah. this ernie plot so they bring them to the <laughs> dead dog and coop is so cute oh, he's like i dog. wish i could be with you guys and yeah. I mean, Tom called it last episode. He's like, Oh, yeah, you called like, it ages ago. Here you go. You're deputized. Here so, yeah. But wait, you called it ages ago with like the real estate. You were like, <laughs> Coop's going to buy a little piece of like real estate. He's going to buy well, a piece of land. Yeah, that wasn't much of a prediction. He, made, he, says, he starts like <laughs> shopping for one in the first episode. So, yeah, yeah. He's like, Let me see what the price points are here. Yeah. Still impressive, Tom. Still impressive. I, I will, yeah. And then I, I, I called wine, him get, so getting deputized, I think, in like right. the first or second episode. Which, too. why didn't that happen sooner after he had like lost his FBI <laughs> privileges? They, I, yeah, I like that Harry was say, like trying him out. Well, like, yeah. they had to like talk Andy into cutting his salary. Yeah. So they could pay for him, of course. Right. Andy is now making a dollar a day. <laughs> they do like to pretend Andy's not a police officer. Like, when him and Dick are sneaking around, I'm like, yeah, he's certainly Andy's not- the police. Who are you afraid of? You know any and every person right. who would bust in on you right now, and you could be like, Hawk, I'm snooping. I know. Like, right? like, what are you worried about, weirdo? That's true. <laughs> Yeah. Sure. Andy's snooping around. Yeah. Yep. Wait, what was he snooping around? To find like uh, Nikki's adoption yeah. papers. Yeah. Or like, like see what's going on with Nikki. Yeah. I don't know. Because they think Nikki's the devil. They have this weird shot where I guess yeah. Andy's just thinking it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it shows him in like a little devil Halloween costume with a pitchfork. <laughs> See, now that would be better. Because so I'm just having trouble with this kid as, as a... He's not the cream corn kid who just has like dead eyes and it's very creepy. He's a vibe. <laughs> this kid's trying to act too much and it's just not coming across. Yeah. Yeah, you just can't try. So we need to do it. Let's dive into the James and Evelyn oh, plotline. And Malcolm, Evelyn. let's not forget Malcolm. We meet Malcolm. Yeah, we meet Malcolm because he just shows up and then just Malcolm, starts talking. Malcolm, The brother Malcolm. and James are living in Is it a Cersei the... and Jamie Lannister or are they not really brother and sister? Yeah. We don't know. And then James and... they're making out. James and him are living in the guest house of this couple's mansion by far the best like the problem with james <laughs> is like, <laughs> like i stop myself you you notice how he always has business and scenes he's always cleaning something or doing something hmm. like he needs some sort of business to do because he's not a strong actor in this scenario, maybe in other films with other directors and other worlds, he's, so he's a good actor. <laughs> but in this scenario, in this world, he has some struggles. And they keep giving him these bits of business to like make it better. And I feel like it makes it weirder. I, that I, he's do, like... think, I do think Zoolander <laughs> might be based off him because <laughs> he's got the Zoolander hair. And then when he's and working on the car, too. he's yeah. got the fake streaks yeah, he's of. He's got the derelict makeup. Yeah, but maybe it's all meant makeup. to be very odd. Maybe, it, I mean, like, yes, obviously it's yes, meant to be yeah, odd, yeah. but maybe it's meant to be bad. Because they, they do some things that feel like. A bad, like, theater production of, like, dinner like theater. It's not a purpose. I don't know. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because, like, the scene where he's, like, cleaning his gun, or cleaning his... No, it's not even his gun. No, That's not as a German... Uh, that would be a better choice. His boots, maybe? He's cleaning his boots. 
And like just sitting, literally staring into space. Well, because he needs to drop something and have like his thoughts by looking out into the distance and talking about like, oh, right, like so. Emma's I, yeah. husband beats her. We find out like yeah that the Ooh, girl. It's rough. It's like, we need to get husband, these, you can almost Evelyn's imagine them, like, yeah. storyboarding this the out, and, like, being like, we need to get <laughs> these pieces of information out to the audience, we don't really know how, and they're like, let's just have the guy say it, I guess, well, just, like, thing, have him come in, thing, in uh, and say it. Wait, one thing that James, <laughs> James, like, always is, like, things were so much better before Laura died, and things fell apart, oh, but she, yeah. she broke up with him. Right, and she made him... Well, like, I don't know. No, that so was Bobby that she n- made deal no. with, but, like... She broke up with him that the night she died, like, and then right. had sex with, like, three different guys. So, <laughs> things weren't great, I would, no. I would say, with James. Yeah. That's and <laughs> he has this, like, in one of his many, like, look at the audience, like, with a rag and a wistful expression and <laughs> give a monologue, monologues... He says, like, I had a girl, and, like, everything was clear, and then she died, and it sucked, and then this other girl died, too. And he's getting, like, super specific, and Evelyn goes, I know the feeling, James. And I'm like, do you, Evelyn? Right. I no, I have that, do. too. I know like, the it's feeling. a pretty specific like, feeling. <laughs> and he also goes, I loved a girl named Laura. I was like, what about... Fucking Donna. Donna. He like, never mentions Donna. Like, what about Donna? We all know you love Laura, but, like, a minute but after she was wasn't it supposed murdered. to be, like, you were always secretly in love with Donna, and that was always the one? Right. Yeah, it's yeah. just, like, and very it's like, hard. Oh, I totally know. I totally know when your love gets murdered all the time. Right. And then, <laughs> so we were watching this scene, which... I don't know how you're feeling. I'm not yeah. a car person, but that is a beautiful car with, like, the yeah, blue the exterior yeah. and the... The red interior. It's gorgeous. And so they're like openly (laughs) finally like making out in front of this car. And I'm just like, that is a really bad kiss. And I think I have a theory that it's because she doesn't move her arms at all when she's kissing him. There's something weird with this woman and and it it kind of like perpetuates an idea I've had that when you're stunning to a certain element, degree, you don't have to learn to do things like gesticulate with your arms normally. I just thought it was because certain light... Because if you notice in this episode, her dead tooth wasn't as prominent. No, it wasn't. So that means that they shot her at certain angles only. So maybe that's just how she had to lean in so that there wasn't a weird dead tooth. Her agent had a conversation after that first episode. (laughs) It was like, hey gang... (laughs) I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> but yeah. certain lights looks like she doesn't have a tooth there, but she does. So we need right. to just light her on this side. So I mean, it looks like she has oof. all her teeth. That kiss between James and Evelyn really makes the case for chemistry that, like, you can have two stunningly beautiful people go at it and it will not be hot. It will be like smacking together two pieces of celery if they don't have chemistry because those two don't. Like there is just nothing. Whereas Bobby, Dana Ashbrook, not the greatest. Probably Bobby and James, same level of acting ability. But Uh. Bobby and Shelly have a lot of chemistry and when Mm -hmm. they make out, like they mean it and it looks great. Or it just means that Shelly has a little more. She can give a little bit more. She knows what she's doing. Machen, Amick, Hammock. I don't know. She's adorable. She's, she's, a, she's so cute. Really scribbly. Yeah. Everything. I was writing like X Files, <laughs> and this is why I spilled the wine, and things were going downhill. We're getting all excited. Um, we, we, talk- got, we got Josie as the maid. Oh uh, God! Fun, I forgot all about fun it. Fun scenes with Josie. Catherine makes sure she wears her maid hat. Oh yes. yeah. Yes. We do get a delightful scene with Catherine and Pete. Yeah, I think you might have missed this, but uh, Harry Truman, the sheriff, comes in and is like, (laughs) Like Harry Kelly, Kelly, the sheriff, Kelly, (laughs) Harry Truman. Yes. Who is this Harry Truman you speak of? (laughs) Kelly's writing fanfic of Cooper and Harry. (laughs) (laughs) Late at night. If it's not already out there, please send it over to our email. (laughs) But he... He he's like Josie. I thought you were gonna move in. Like 
Yeah. And then she's like, no, um, I'm just uh, Catherine's maid now. I know, sorry. (laughs) I can't help it. I think your impressions are great. (laughs) But no, I had the same thing. So... We always talk about, like, why why does Josie just not move in with Harry? It's true. Well, or that Hank was like, or Henry, sorry. Harry. 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 Yep. (laughs) Was just... Just realizing that she has not moved in since that just happened <laughs> right. because I was like, she's like, I thought you were gonna be in my place. Why aren't you there? It's like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like she's been a maid for a little bit. Her He's like, I changed. ordered food for us from the double R. You don't want these grilled cheeses? <laughs> she's I'm like, a maid I'm now. <laughs> just how it's gonna be. It's just what she, she's just like, I'm Catherine's maid. That's it. Look at I mean, my hair now. My it's my life. So this is my life. Sorry. It's so weird. And then, <laughs> like... I don't want to live with you. <laughs> Look at my hair. Know. I'm much more happier cleaning this woman's house. <laughs> and she's really being a good sport about it. Yeah. Despite Catherine, like, really rubbing it in. Like, despite how your station has changed, Josie. <laughs> like, and she's like... But it's just like the well, she said... I mean, she did say, like, I wouldn't, you wouldn't be safe if I was with you, so called that one, too. This is a day of Tom Redemption on Twitter. <laughs> it's true. And are they really just trying to, like, nail in, like, the soap opera kind of tropes of, well, this is kind of crazy, so we're just going to do it? Like, it is could that their be justification yes. where it's like, no, I'm a maid. That's not weird. You know, I yeah, feel I like they so. played yeah, a so. card here that they haven't played in a while that is specifically to that point, which is yeah. the invitation to love card. Yeah. We yeah. had invitation to love playing in the background at one point. Whenever yeah, they yeah. do that, it's to be like very clearly yeah, drawing so a parallel to like we're being this a soap a opera. Yeah. yeah. And Obviously, it's like you like this, you dumb audience. <laughs> right, <laughs> like you want more of this. Oh my God! So speaking of dumb audience, Catherine and Ben. Ugh. Who's oh. gonna talk about it? Cause like we have to. We have. Kathy. No. You like to play dress up? <laughs> You're an actress. That's exactly what Melissa said. <laughs> No, I can't that be. Was a I can't be slip. I can't be Aww. Catherine Martell of all You're, characters. You have. Well, you've omitted it before. No. I just because Pat's <laughs> Pete. <laughs> I'm Pete. He's Pete. And I said See, the, the, the whole which character are you game always hurts your feelings eventually. It's true. <laughs> the longer you play, the more people's feelings get right. hurt. Right. Nobody's sure. ever like <laughs> Cooper. <Sure>. <laughs> no <laughs> one in this group is a Cooper. I'm sorry. Hey, I'll take Pete. Yeah, Pete's Pete. wonderful. Yeah. You win, as always. Everybody loves Pat. <laughs> yeah, except when you gave me Andy before. Andy's wonderful. No, that's a terrible yeah. one. He's like Andy's a, the best. Andy's He's like shit. <laughs> I yeah. love Andy. And he's like the Bill Murray of Twin Peaks. Yeah, except whatever that means. Can I at least except be like he's a duller Catherine and cut <laughs> with some other character. I'm not like pure Catherine. No, I'm no, not like no, scheming no. and like making people be my maid. No. I'm just throwing out. <laughs> you dress up like a Japanese man. I will pay you all your bucks. Holy shit, Halloween costume, you guys. You gotta do it. Super committed, like one person gets it. Even you guys won't get it. And you were here while we discussed it. Uh, Half of your friends are just gonna think you're weird and racist. I'll dress up, yes, as General Lee. Yes! Oh my god, you guys have to do that. And then you can be Jacoby and we're your patients. I'm in. I'm in. You heard it here, listeners. <laughs> I've lost it. Okay. I'll go around a bar or something like that. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what? my patients, they're very, they've lost touch with reality entirely. Oh my god. Oh, Wait, and then you have to be Nadine because that's the other oh patient. Oh my god, yeah. Like, yeah, no. We're the three patients of I Jacobi. I don't like one of those fake iron bars you can bend. Oh my god, that's such a perfect... <laughs> Twin Peaks costume. No, that's okay, so now, good. Okay, C2E2 next year. Oh my god. People would, like the three people who wouldn't get it would just die on the spot. Like they'd be like calling ambulances because they would just die. I know if I saw that at C2E2, I'd be like, stop. I just, stop. Want, I just want to see you dressed up like an Asian you want to get man. Up. Yeah. 
I'm like just the right height for it. (laughs) (laughs) Just small and stocky enough. Like a wooden frame to get those shoulders. (laughs) Well, yeah, they're shoulder pads. It was the nineties. I've been preparing. I've been preparing for this role my whole life. So. Try and moderate back into that one. Um, so Ben Bring and Catherine, Ben and Catherine, have an interesting scene when Catherine comes to visit the Great Northern to glow, which I I feel like I can just imagine it on her calendar as like glowed at Ben. <laughs> she's already <laughs> she's gloated. Saying, she's gloated multiple times. Right. So like, <laughs> didn't the like law think she was dead? Like you can't just right. fake your own death and then just show just back like, up and be like, yeah. oh, never, I'm it back. It makes it seem I like a great a, reason yeah. to fake your own death. Like she's the having questions. the time of her life. But no one got paid out for her death yet. So maybe yeah, that that's has something true, but now to she do. Has, like, this, she she's on a farewell contract. tour well, she just like no consequences. She did go to the sheriff's office and like was like, hey, I've been in the woods. Right, that was one of her costumes. Yeah. Was oh, like right. woodland dweller with like two streaks over her face. So she comes in, and the moral of the story is she's like, "Hey Ben, came in here to gloat, but I am I like want to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you make my body hum or something. Oh, that's exactly what it is. I couldn't even say it. I did write it down. I was like, and I was thinking as I wrote it, I use this this notebook for work as well. I'm like, if anyone ever found this, there'd be like things like call this line at this time, and there's like you make my body hum. It's like, what is this woman writing about? Um, But as I told you guys earlier. My boss would know because I asked for PTO to take off for the day after the Twin Peaks premiere. So it just makes sense. It's all very transparent. Um, yes. So Ben and Catherine do have like a weird, they kind of make sense thing. Mm. And yet, I love Pete and Catherine too. It's a very free love town. Yes. Very Which few people are faithful to each I other. Think in one Peaks. episode we'll have to talk about the ah uh, the, the Twin Peaks challenge. Uh, we'll do that later on. We'll have to do that later. That, you that's... can't take it yet, but Pat and I played this game <laughs> where you try to name all the couples in Twin Peaks. Oh, and yes. I would fail. <laughs> what you discover is I would do all right. there are a... very few to nil oh, that are faithful to each other. It is a other. spider web. Yeah, you get up to the double digits very quickly. There's <laughs> so many Twin Peaks Challenge. Feel free to take it. You can (laughs) name all the couples in Twin Peaks. And especially... Uh, Bonus credit. points if you can separate which one when it's Bob and when it's Leland. Yeah, you know what's interesting in 213 they referenced Laura and I was like, huh, I wonder if 212, I think there was no reference to Laura at all. That might have been the only episode so far where there is absolutely no reference to her. Like, it's nothing to do with her. Because when you see then her picture in the closing credits, it's almost like a little odd. You're like, wait, this whole thing had nothing to do with her. We got into, like, cheerleaders who are 35 and they're actually 16 and, like, all this other crazy stuff. It was a very... Well, two twelve was a very like standalone episode where it was like, Absolutely. oh, we have these Black Widow and Nadine's a cheerleader slash wrestler, right? Which how does she find the time? <laughs> she right, does. that's my thing. I don't know if you... if there's one thing I know, it's that you can't really play two varsity sports that are in the same season. Exactly, that's not a thing. I think they like maybe not she a thing. quit. Maybe the cheerleading squad is just sort of mellow there. They don't have yeah. any practices. Yeah. They just show, show up at games and. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> or they yeah. just let the well, crazy thirty-five-year-old do whatever the fuck she wants. <laughs> yeah, they really are into like mental oh. health, guys. Mental health first and foremost. We Jacoby gotta, said we got to do it for Nadine's mental health. Yes. Yeah, that's so the most important thing. Let her beat up Mike. Yeah, I mean, I'm, but Mike. Mike kind of yeah. <laughs> Mike liked it though when she kissed him. Mm-hmm. He was resistant until it happened, and it's then he liked like it. Older woman. Yeah, and honestly, I want to be like, what's not to like? She's stunning. She's stunning, and she has superhuman strength. She's a thirty-five-year-old woman who thinks she's sixteen <laughs> and can throw you. <laughs> Details. Which she's a little bit of a clear, He's not the overpowering thing. Which so. she saves Big Ed. 
There's one thing oh, we that's a about. great scene. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> so they're trying to bring back the Ed and Norma are in love. Yes. Scene. They, they have an opening. And now. they are. Now that Nadine is going They have good chemistry too, Ed and yeah. Norma. I totally believe them. But yeah, then, that's true. You're the first you know. thing I think of when I wake up. She's got that like Marilyn Monroe breathy voice thing for sure. And Very soapy, I think. And somehow Hank <laughs> suddenly decides that like this is even though we know Hank knows this has been going on, but he just like loses it and follows jealous, them and jealous, decides yeah. to. And then Nadine comes to the rescue, and it's such a great kind of like um, B horror movie nod send off that she's got her pom poms and she like throws them down and like he's in his leather jacket like it's a great kind of like nod to horror genre she lifts him off yeah I really like it I like Darth Vader and man more and more I'm a Nadine fan like I think she's a great character and she's really funny no, she kind of brings a good lightness. She does. And it not in, like, she's, you know, they always say, like, in comedy, you know, um, like, Del Close's truth in comedy, that it's all about honesty and truth and, like, not trying to be funny. And she really embodies that. Like, she's always just totally committed and 100% truthful and honest. It was really fun. I was talking to you guys about this earlier, but I watched some of the cast members today, like, sharing what their favorite moments were, and Big Ed was in an interview with Nadine, and they, like, clearly had a very cute, intimate, like, kind of friendship, and he was saying that his favorite scene to shoot was her, um, on the... uh, whatever runner rower thing talking about the drape runners when he comes in and like has the oil and she's like big head you came all over my drape runners and like he like loved that scene and i was like oh they have such a great energy yeah well i have to ask these guys though which nadine do you like better the drape runners nadine or high school nadine drape runners no really yeah. I really like high school. Ones. I really like mm-hmm. high, I, I, like, I like high school Nadine. Vibes. I liked her for like one episode, and now I'm just like kind of over it. I don't know. No, <laughs> I think I think you'll be back under it again okay. soon. Yeah, she'll be back. She'll yeah. back. High school Nadine's great, but I also like Dre Brunner's. I like. By God, these will be silent. <laughs> like yeah. she's just. She, you know, she's. In another too. world, she's special, too, yeah. you know? She's unique. I like Nadine. I think, like, you know, poor Nadine didn't deserve the lot that she got either. Like, you know, it's a lot about the choices that we make and what it right. leads to, and that, like, she and Ed both made a choice one weekend that led to this mm-hmm. lifelong marriage, and you don't feel bad for... You know, you feel bad for both of them equally, and I like right. that. I like that there's no judgment on either of those characters, which is a nice departure from most times you see infidelity in a TV show. Like, and can we also just talk briefly about how Donna is the only one in oh, yeah. weeks that still goes to high school? Because they yeah. have to kind of bring it back to like, yeah, she's supposed to be like Donna. Right. Remember yeah. Donna? Donna's a right. very she's a very straight character right now. Like she just, is. She's just like she shows up at school yeah. and then she's gone. See, and I I feel like that's God. I'm sorry. It's got to be 100 percent Lara Flynn Boyle because she was clearly the sol- the only one of the only celebrities going into this. She clearly had like decision making power. They gave her every opportunity to be like a strong, interesting character, and the fact that she's kind of receded into the background, it's. It's like you had every opportunity. Yeah. I don't know. I what mean, was she famous uh, for before this? I don't know, but she was like the famous one. Famous enough that she's like driving decisions about who... I'm just mad that she's the <laughs> one who yeah. stopped Cooper and Audrey from being together. <laughs> but, and maybe that's not true, and so maybe I'm incorrectly labeling Lara Flynn Boyle. But it does seem like... She did seem by to the, have that. By virtue of the fact that she's the only actress who hasn't been in subsequent David Lynch projects that have been in the Twin Peaks universe, right. one might think that she was somewhat difficult to work with and that that's why her character kind of receded into the background. And that's unfortunate because it's a cool character and could have really been like our every woman at the same level as Cooper's, our every man right. in this town. You know, but... 
Like I said, it would have been cool. I had this epiphany today. I was like, what if a Nona Ryder had played Donna? That would have been really cool. <laughs> would have been really interesting. I love Winona Ryder. She would have been great, no doubt about it. I know. Yeah, <laughs> she's still in there. Although it is very weird and tone deaf that there's that scene with she and Mike where suddenly it feels very John Hughes movie. And like the last time we saw them together, he was being like kind of like abusive boyfriend. Right. You know, so like that's a little odd. Yeah, and they're back to being at least. Well, and then she was... Friendly to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Where Mike's like, oh, will you be my girlfriend? Like, pretend to be my girlfriend. She's like, even I'm not that good of an actress. Right. And you're like, wait, what? That was a good line, actually. Yeah. Mark Flynn Boyle's IMDb page is very interesting. Oh, yeah? No, tell us. She attended the Piven Theater Workshop in Evanston, Illinois. Oh, God. There you go. Under quotes, it says, and I'm quoting Laura Flynn Boyle here, uh, I'm Irish Catholic, so a Democrat by blood, but I'm 100% for Bush. I want my president to be like my agent. Not afraid of people, but wants my best interest. <laughs> yeah. That's her one quote on the, uh... <laughs> you know, Burn Piven once offered okay. me a leg of fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that when they, like, I think the 30 Rock mentioned the Piven Awards, and I always thought they were making a joke like Jeremy Piven. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, I didn't realize yeah. it was like a real person. <laughs> and like a theater group or, uh, that stole yeah. my best friend from me. She I became very I just like, duty with uh, them. I just like how Jeremy <laughs> Piven was bald in Seinfeld when he was playing. <laughs> yeah. And then, you. And then okay. he, then all of a sudden, a few years later in uh, Entourage, he's got a full head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sort of like Joel McHale from yeah. The Soup. And, uh, oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. I didn't know he... What, yeah, very, he? very, like, huge widow... Basically, almost bald except for like right here. Oh, okay. like, yeah. Magically. Interesting. Magic hair plugs. Theater <laughs> royalty. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, we'll see if Donna comes back into the fold. Right now, too, I think we don't have like a main point of view, and that's another thing yeah. that's making it. Yeah. So we, we end the episode with Wyndham Earl. Making oh yes, move. making his move, and he yeah. makes it preemptive to Cooper's response to his move. Like he anticipates Cooper's move. Yeah, he knew right. what Cooper and was going to do. So yeah, Cooper so. never sent him a, ch- a chess move. Yeah. Well, he did, yeah, but like Wyndham that. Earl's response came before Cooper's was actually posted in the paper okay. the next were two, day. Oh, that's what. Because there were two yeah. moves made on two the moves, board. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So like he knew his move somehow. Yeah, yeah. Wyndham so Earl Coop, just knows Cooper Coop that well. Cooper did send it in. It's just that. There's no way Wyndham Earl could have okay. seen it. They, they're they kind of setting up right now that, like, Cooper is n- certainly not a match for Wyndham Earl when it comes to chess. Yes. So <laughs> something's got to give here in Coop's he can't future. can't Wyndham Earl. And it's the first time, this is significant, first time that a character has been killed to be a pawn. Oh, you know what? One more thing that I wanted to discuss before we wrap up was... You know, Jean Renault, R.I.P., this was Jean Renault's... Wait, was it? Did Jean Renault get killed? This yeah, season? he's dead. Okay. Well, he gets he's shot dead. a couple times. Yeah, yeah I mean, no, I'm not he's sure. dead. Okay. No, he's and dead. then Hawk yeah. shows up from the back, just like, <laughs> yeah, he and did. goes, he's dead. <laughs> yep. Right. Yes. Okay. He just, yeah. like, pops up from, like, behind. Coop see, you'll see, guy. I don't know these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> like, as well as the other episodes. But yeah, Jean Renault, actually, I was hearing for the first time some of the things that he said to Coop when they're all holed up in this kind of, like, Hostage situation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That actually I thought was very poignant pieces of information about the town. He says, before you came here, we dealt to teenagers and truck drivers. Which I'm like, okay, probably that was true. And yeah. and then he's like, a pretty girl died, and suddenly you're here, and the quiet people aren't quiet anymore. The yeah. simple dream becomes a and it's nightmare. It's like you almost you almost sympathize with the drug dealer. It's like, well, they're just dealing teenagers who right. want drugs anyway. So whatever. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's not like it's... pushing to elementary school kids, I guess. And yeah. I mean, it's teenagers, so it's bad, and he's clearly a bad man. But it's the first time I've ever watched this and been like, because he is kind of insinuating, like a pretty girl died, and you came here, and the quiet people are quiet no more. The simple dream became a nightmare. It is. Like, it is kind of like he kind of uh, brings up an interesting point. Another X Files like uh, parallel is right. that he comes to town and more deaths happen every time. Mulder and Scully <laughs> have like 
literally like a 30% case record. They make it one point. Like Skinner's like, and that's great. Like, so you get the, the idea that the FBI is like... Well, they just, every time they, <laughs> every time they go into something, more people die. Right. It's like by virtue of them being Lansbury there. Lansbury disease. <laughs> Lansbury, it happens with her too, huh? <laughs> it's totally true. Like, and Cooper... Murder and, she wrote. Yeah. Don't put that out. <laughs> and it's just crazy. You know, kill all people. <laughs> there is, it did make me think, and I, I've always liked John Renault. I think he's a kind of, of the Renaults, the... He's the best of the Renaults. Oh. He's the smartest. He's certainly the smartest. <laughs> Lived yeah. this long. He says That's things true. in a very matter-of-fact, kind of sensible way that resonates, where it, like, never seems illogical what he's saying. And I really thought in this scene, especially since he had said, like, you'll die, but I'll die too, I don't care. Yeah. Like, he's pretty much willing. He just wants to kill Cooper no matter what. And... Ultimately, what he falls for is Denise imitating Audrey Horn. Yeah, with he's like not a smart enough to tell that Denise is a man. Though. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it was a good it was a good little observation from him, and it did make make you think like <laughs> Cooper's not so perfect. I mean, he does bring chaos where he goes, and we'll see what kind of chaos we can get into in the next couple weeks. Here, we're getting really close to. The end of this series and the beginning of a new, of a new series. Will my hopes be dashed on the rocks or will they soar to the sun? <laughs> or will it be somewhere it be in between? Star Wars prequel situation? Or? No. <laughs> or J.J. Abrams' Force Awakens triumph. There you go. <laughs> One can only hope. See you next week. <laughs>